Welcome to episode 4 of a Northern Counties Paranormal Podcast, hosted by Within the Boggart Wood. I'd like to start by thanking everyone who has taken the time to contact me about the previous three episodes. The feedback has been fantastic, and I do appreciate the very kind words. I also do appreciate the constructive criticism over especially episode 2, where it appears that I messed up the audio somewhat. On my PC and laptop, where I tested the podcast... The background music is barely audible, which is the kind of like the idea. It's like a bit of a spooky background that that doesn't take away from the story being told. But on some mobiles and headphones, the background music came in really loud at one point, and I do apologise, that shouldn't have happened. So I've taken a little bit of time, which is the reason that there wasn't an episode uploaded last week, just to get things tested fully on various systems, and hopefully we won't have that problem again. Today's first listener story comes from Holly. In 2012, Holly and her friend, both aged 10 at the time, were playing in the park. This was around the time that clocks had just gone back for daylight savings time, so by 6.30 in the evening it was starting to get dark. They were both playing on the zip line, when Holly spotted a man standing at the other side of the line, featureless in the dark. Naturally, at this point she got a little worried but decided just to ignore him and carry on playing. At this point, it was Holly's turn on the line, so she got herself seated and her friend gave her one mighty push, sending her sailing along the line towards the man, who, as she approached at speed, simply disappeared. But not before she got a glimpse of his face, and she recognised her grandfather, who had died a few days earlier. Holly didn't feel scared by this, instead feeling a sense of calm. During that night... When she was asleep, she dreamt of her grandfather again, who in her dream was reassuring her and telling her that he loved her and would always be there for her. Skip forward eight years, and it was the first week of COVID-19 lockdown. Holly and her mom were in the back garden cutting the grass. Her mom had said she needed to talk to her and admitted that she had made the decision to break up with her then partner, who was in the house. So her daughter told... She went back into the house to tell him, leaving Holly in the garden alone. To Holly's surprise, her grandfather suddenly reappeared in front of her, said, Thank thee, he is gone, then simply just vanished again. Now today's second listener story is actually a bit of an oddity. With Holly's story mentioning COVID-19 lockdown, I thought I'd read this one as well. On the main Boggartwood website, there are a number of ways of contacting me with a story. One method is through the reporting tree, which is a way of reporting phenomena, but not meant for the podcast. And another method is through the submit your story option, which allows the story to be read out on the podcast. So as well as the strangeness of the story itself, another oddity is that while the one I'll read out was through the podcast link, three other stories essentially detailing the same creature, for want of a better term, but in three different locations were submitted via the reporting tree by what appears to be three separate people over the last three weeks. So while the elements of the creature remain the same, the reporting tree entries recorded Teesside, Barnard Castle and Durham as the locations, though the time period brings all four stories into a two-week period of each other. So the story I'll read out now was submitted by Anonymous. It was the first proper COVID-19 lockdown where only key workers were supposed to be out and about and it all felt very strange. You could stand outside and hear nothing at all 
made you realise how much background noise there is normally that we just don't take any notice of. This particular evening I was driving back from work. It was already dark and the roads were eerily quiet. I was driving through Pont, which is near Concert in County Durham, and noticed movement on the path by the side of the road. Normally when I drive I'm hyper aware of movement by the roadside anyway, as people these days seem to think they're immortal when they have their heads in their phones. But because everything was so quiet, I think it made me notice it more. In this case though, what I saw nearly made me crash the car. Highlighted in the light of one of the street lamps was a creature. Slightly shorter than me, I'm just over six foot tall. It had a weird shaped head, stooped shoulders and long gangling arms. It was there for a second, then just disappeared. With hindsight, the best description I can find would be a tall version of the future Predators from the TV series Primeval. It was also grey and seemed to be covered in some sort of fur. Needless to say, I didn't stop to look. I do wonder if it was kids playing a prank, or maybe I'd started to fall asleep at the wheel and the dream woke me up. I do look twice at the spot each time I drive past on that road these days though. So as previously mentioned, the bit about this story that fascinates me is the description of the creature, as it remains the same across all four stories, though of course in different geographical locations. Though only the one in Pont gives the primeval comparison. So my question to the audience is can anyone remember if repeats of primeval were on TV at the time of the first COVID-19 lockdown? That mixed with the stress of the situation could have created this creature feature. Today's next story is about ghostly activity at the Cooperage on Newcastle Quayside. The Cooperage is one of the oldest timber frame buildings in the city, dating back to the 15th century. At various periods the building has been a private house, a warehouse and of course a cooperage where barrels are made. It became a public house and restaurant in 1973. It is the focus of a number of ghostly tales making it one of the region's most haunted pubs. At present the cooperage is not open to visitors, but in its time many members of staff reported hearing footsteps on the old staircases where they knew they were alone in the building, and both staff and customers mentioned seeing something out of the corner of their eye which vanished when they turned to look at it. Four different apparitions were also seen in the pub, a young blonde-haired girl, a man looking out of a window, a faint spectre of a woman in the restaurant, and a figure that is said to change colour like a chameleon. The dark alleyway by the side of the cooperage is thought to be haunted by the ghost of a cooper who was waylaid by the press gang of the 16th century. When he refused to be taken to the ship, they put his eyes out and killed him. Since that day, his ghost has been seen stumbling in blind agony around the site of his murder. Today's folklore tale is actually another ghost story. It comes from William Henderson's Notes on the Folklore of the Northern Counties, dated 1879. About 80 or 90 years ago, the quiet village of Blackheaden near Stamfordham in Northumberland was greatly disturbed by a supernatural being, popularly called Silky, from the nature of her robes. She was remarkable for the suddenness with which she would appear to benighted travellers, breaking forth upon them in dazzling splendour in the darkest and most loneliest parts of the road. If he were on horseback, she would seat herself behind him, rustling in her silks, accompany him a certain distance, and then as suddenly disappear, leaving bewildered countrymen in a blank amazement. 
Silky had a favourite resort of Belsey, two or three miles from Blackheaden, on a romantic crag beautifully studded with trees, under whose shadow she would wander at night. The bottom of this crag is washed by a picturesque little lake, at whose outlet is a waterfall, over which a fine old tree spreads its waving branches, formed by their intersection a sort of chair. In this Silky loved to sit, rocked to repose in the wild winds, and is still called Silky's chair. This sprite exercised a marvellous power over the brute creation, arresting horses in their daily work, and keeping them still as long as she was so minded. Once she waylaid a wagon bringing coals to a farm near Blackheaden, and fixed the team upon a bridge, since called after her Silky's Brig. Do what he would, the driver could not make the horses move a step, and there they would have stood all night had not another farm servant fortunately come up with some witch wood, which is mountain ash, about him. He went to the horses, and they moved on at once, but never did their driver dare go abroad again without being well armed with witch wood. In some respects Silky showed a family likeness to the brownies. Like them she would, during the night, tidy a disorderly house. But if canny decent people had cleaned their rooms and arranged them neatly, especially on a Saturday afternoon, the wayward sprite would disarrange everything as soon as they were gone to bed, so that on Sunday morning all would be in the wildest confusion. Silky disappeared from her haunts very suddenly. One day a female servant, being alone in one of the rooms of a house at Blackheaden, was terribly frightened by the ceiling above suddenly giving way, and a black mass falling through it with a crash upon the floor. She instantly fled out of the room, screaming at the pitch of her voice, The devil's in the house, the devil's in the house, he's come through the ceiling. The family collected around her in some alarm, and at first no one dared enter the room. When the mistress at last ventured to go in, she found on the floor a large rough skin filled with gold. From this time Silky was never more heard or seen, so it was believed that she was the troubled phantom of some person who had died miserable because she owned treasure, and was overtaken by her mortal agony before she had disclosed its hiding place. The Reverend J.F. Big relates, however, that an old woman near Pearson of Welton Mill, whom he had visited on her deathbed, told him, a few days before her death, that she had seen Silky the night before sitting at the bottom of her bed all dressed in silk. Mr. James Hardy, Silky's historian, to whom I am indebted for these particulars respecting the wayward sprite, tells me of three sister spirits also clad in silk attire. One is the family apparition of the mansion of Houndwood in Berwickshire, and bears the quaint name of Chappie. A knocking was repeatedly heard at the front door of this house, and only on one occasion was anyone seen. Then a grand lady swept in, and went up the staircase, but was never seen again, in or out of the house. Denton Hall, near Newcastle, was also haunted by a female form, clad in rustling silks, and so was a shady avenue near North Shields. This last silky was thought to be the ghost of a lady who was mistress to the Duke of Argyle in the reign of William III, and died suddenly, not without suspicion of murder, at Churton, near Shields, one of his residences. Many thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a follow or a like on your favourite podcasting platform. It will help out a lot. If you want to know more about the Within the Boggart Wood project, please visit the website at withintheboggartwood.uk. 
On there, you'll find written articles as well as links to the project's social media channels and Patreon supporter page. Until next time, stay safe and stay kind.